Yeah, 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our Thought Leader Thursday segment. And uh, my guest tonight uh, is uh, yeah sitting in the hot seat of um, one of the state-owned companies that uh, are very strategic. But I must say, as um, you know, taxpayers, as the owners uh, of um, many state-owned companies, as members of the public, uh, probably one we seldom hear a lot from. And uh, we're going to be talking to her about her work there. Uh, her name is Sandy Naman, acting group CEO out at Petro SA. And uh, she's my guest, our thought leader on this Thursday, and joins me in studio. So, Sandy, Kunjan. So, Ndele Mikey. Behind the scenes, Galoko. So, Ndele, so Ndele, Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. I can hear you, but I think I want Wong Abandaba Pula player to, to be able to hear you. Okay. Sounds much, much better. Perfect. So, yeah, Andy, try to look when you're supposed to be the person who knows all of this. I mean, uh, this this was your first job, ne? Indeed. It was. So, you worked at the SABC as your first job? Indeed. This is where I started. Really? I started at the SABC. This is where I knew what Here in Joburg? Was. Well, I started officially to work in Joburg. Okay. Um, but when I did my training, I did some training in Port Elizabeth. Oh. Right? Um, different setup. Is in the yeah. Different setup, but okay, SAPC now. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So that's where it started. And then over time, I came over to Gauteng okay. and did work this side. Out of interest, what, what did you do at the SAPC? Because you I, spent a long time here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm an engineer okay, by training. Sure. So I worked in the technology department oh. at the time. So I started off as e learner engineer. Okay. Yes. Um, interesting time. You know, I spent a lot of time in the studios. Yes. Uh, yes. In the radio side. So you've been and here a lot of times. I couldn't change it by now. Okay. But otherwise, you know, it looks quite familiar. Sure. Um, spent some time on the radio side. Okay. I did some time in TV. Okay. Um, and then I moved on to projects. I want to come back to that because I, I do think, you know, firstly, you came, you were at the SABC at a time of change and flux, right? I would argue in terms of terrestrial platforms, we also in a time of flux as well. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. But where did it all start? How did you get into engineering? We know engineering is, uh, you know, a gentleman's club. Um, and I don't, I don't only say this just for engineering. Zonga engineering and Zazio. Mostly, you know, be it mechanical, electrical, you know, aeronautical, Zonga. Nine times out of ten, you find the people who are studying sure. for it are men. And the people who are like PR engineers or whatever are also men as well. Uh, what attracted you to that space? Exactly that. So I was in high school towards the late 90s, okay. right? And there are a few women who stood out for me who turned out they were engineers mm. and they were doing quite well in their careers. And I, I found it quite remarkable. So I thought, no, no, I want to find out more about this. So mm. shame, my poor parents who had to then try and figure out how to get oh, exposed, no, exposed to the sector. Wow. Um, so I'm very grateful of that opportunity. And then I was able to then go and study mm. after high school. Okay. Um, it did, I had to explain it to my guidance teacher. How is it that you want to go to engineering? More reason. Mm. More reason. Wow. Wow. Um, so that's a bit about me. I grew up in the Eastern Cape, uh, Mtat. Okay, mm. okay. Uh, home, home, home is a mount, right? 
Mount Flair. Yeah. Papa. Papa. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, All right. <laughs> so that's me. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and of course, I mean, uh, so you go to university um, right. and then your first gig is here. And let me come back because, I mean, you're a young lady from Guapata. You're coming into the SABC at a time where it's in flux. It's transforming from what it might have been, you know, National Party mouthpiece to now, you know, a, I guess, a broad public broadcaster rather than a state broadcaster mm. in a changing society. You have a very strong technical, you know, background coming into the space. In China, SABC is a It's in truly in a transition, mm. right? Uh, but I think there were visionary leaders who decided that they would take some bold steps. Sure. And I think that's, I must say and acknowledge that I was very fortunate in that while I was in varsity, I was afforded a scholarship mm. that at the time had identified that women needed to come into the space and specifically in the technical space and broadcasting oh, was I among see. those. Okay. So, so it, it, it kind of is building on the story I started mm, often. And that's mm. how I came into the organization. Now, another interesting thing is, for some reason, this organization had, okay, well, at the time, predominantly white males Africana men, yeah. who were in these technical positions. Mm. And what I learned over time is that they came for more of a probably technical or technologists and technicians. Mm. So you have this young woman who is an engineer, all right, and she's coming in and they're just like, okay, you're really throwing us off now. Mm. Um, but I think with time, you know, people find a way to embrace you and sure, you find a way to sure. get the value through the environment. So for me, SAPC truly started to show me what the working space is mm. and it refines you. Yeah. Oba, you know, you could either come into a space and be overwhelmed by the dynamic, and the dynamic was quite at core. Organia, mm. to step in the spaces and opportunities that open up, you know, you run into them and yeah. you make it work. And the spaces transformed. And the city, okay, Lendo Yelena engineer, what is the next step? And the then head of um, training in the HR department said to me, Well, if you want to find out, Develop your own plan. So write it up. Oh, so like create your own create professional your own development plan. plan. Yeah, yeah. And you know, initially you're like, okay, this person is just trying to dismiss me. But I thought I'll take the challenge on. Mm. So I did this. And you know, again, I'm very grateful. They actually honored that plan. Wow. Um, I remember, this is probably 2006 or so, the then head of technology uh, sponsored a technology management program mm. at one of these business schools and they found a way for me to get exposed to that and what that did is that it took me as a technical person eh, and said okay SAPC is not just the engineering it's a business it's a business yes. this business is driven by certain revenues yes. there's a market yeah. it actually at the core of it SAPC is a marketing company okay at the time you know yes. advertising was a big component mm. of, of raising what you're getting revenue into the business. Sure. So you started to understand that. And what it also did is the whole regional orientation of the SAPC mm. came into context. So now you, you saw there was the Gauteng, but there's also a presence in Pumalanga. Yes. Limpopo, KZN, yeah. Across the board. Sure. And there's a market that serviced them. So it was really rich in that regard. Mm. And like, I think the fact that I also had radio exposure sure, allowed sure. greater interaction at a regional level as well. So it, it was really, for me, 
okay, you're young, you're ambitious, mm. you want to grow rapidly, and some things don't happen at your own rate. Yeah. But when I look back, I realize I know it was really a great training ground. And and, and I guess the, the other thing I'm quite interested in, just you know, before we leave your experiences yeah. at the SABC, when you look at it now, mm. because SABC Ngoku is going through some kind of transition away from terrestrial forms of yeah. platforms. I mean, we launched a streaming platform yeah. the other day. Um, and there's an entity I always worry about when mm. we talk about this transition. It used to be a division of SAP, so Centec. Sure. Um, I mean, what happens to a Centec, right? SABC is your largest customer. Your largest customer now is going the digital platform. Analog switch-offs are, are set to happen. The terrestrial element might not be as much of a money spinner for them. You know, just from the outside now, uh, because I, I guess time has also given you some perspective, mm. What happens in that space? You yeah. know, because it, it must influence what happens in your income statement and in the balance sheet of this of of uh, this public broadcast. Truly, and I just back in CBC, mm. I I came at the time where digitization was a big discussion point. Really, then so already, then already. I mean, oh. just one more minute. One mm. of the projects I spent a, quite a good time on was around the digital asset management system. Okay, and the intention there was essentially to take all this rich content that's owned by this company, mm. digitize it. Okay. And once you've done that, you are able to exploit it to create new content and take that content and place it on different forums oh, nice. and platforms, okay. which is what you are talking to. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so when I think back and now what you are saying, that was, give or take, 20, 2009 that we we're doing that. So there's a, lot you have, there's a lot you have to appreciate. There was great brilliance and, and a, a vision around this organization. Mm. So I think, okay, so that was, and I'm sure people who were there before me had already yes, started for a lot sure, of the plan. For sure. So that's one. I then think that Ascentec would have had also an opportunity to see the trend mm. right, and the transition uh, in, in, in the sector itself. Yeah, yeah. And it would have placed a challenge to the organization to say, so how do we reposition ourselves? Mm. What renewal does this require yeah. of Ascentec in this trend? And I think it's where I think many organizations who are in the technology space, mm, in the ICT sector, mm. found themselves having to redefine their business model. Sure, sure. Having to redefine their income streams, their branding, mm, their presence in the mm. sector. I mean, we see this continuously happening. What broadcasting was then, yeah. it's very different now. For where sure. on demand mm. is essentially how you satisfy that particular mm. market. Sandy, you, you are a, I mean, at a time where the storylines are always around our state-owned companies yeah. are like, oh, you know, they're so horrible. They're a drag on the fiscus. They are this or the other. You've had a unique experience across different entities, right? You, you've been at Kucha. You, before this role, I guess you were at the Central Energy Fund, yeah. and we can talk about that. I was speaking to Andil about the Strategic Fuel Fund yeah. earlier, and I understand that is a subsidiary of, of CEF. And you are now at Petro SA. I, I say it's unique because in many cases we don't see professionals staying as long in our SOC spaces as you have. Um, what do you think are the type of skill sets and things that are required for many young professionals who are listening to us? Of a professional who is saying, I want to work in the public service and make sure that these entities contribute not just to their developmental mandate, but also continue to contribute in a way that is not a drain to the fiscus yeah. and even in some cases might even pay dividends uh, to that same fiscus. Yeah. From what you've seen, you've been there for a while now, what, what, 
What do you think makes or breaks some of these institutions? Right. And, and I think you're right. So at the heart of it is, is to keep in mind that what's unique in most of these entities is this dual mandate. Mandate, yeah. yeah, yeah. A dual mandate that requires that you are a commercially viable entity mm. and a, a mandate that requires that you also address the development developmental factors yes. in the environment. Mm. Um, and to understand that in a very pragmatic way, mm. right? I think a, a conversation that, that says for you to be able to address your developmental mandate, you need to ensure that commercially mm. you are doing the fundamental. So that's the trade-off. You can't be in the red because if you're in the red, you're not meeting it, your it, developmental. It becomes very difficult. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, not say, I'm saying it, it's not always that, mm. right? Um, ideally, you want to be able to make ends meet and to fund your developmental for agenda. Sure. For sure. Right. Of your own balance sheet, off of your yes, own uh, your cash yes. flows. Yeah, yeah. And I know the pressures, you know, not yeah. always allow that we have that ideal. Mm. But I think it's an important factor sure. for it to all be sustainable. I also think that it, it requires a view that says, what is wh- what does this unlock? Mm. And and sometimes, and as I've, I've learned this in, in all these experiences, the results are not always immediate, mm, right? Mm. And it's, it's to understand that there is a longer term vision and yours is part of the journey towards mm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think for me, that's where I really gain my strength in, in sure. a particular experience. And of course, I think that, well, I think of other countries. Let's take South Korea, for mm, instance, mm. Um, which is I like that example. A, an interesting one <laughs> yeah. where... In fact, in the state entities, you've got your highest performance. Yeah, your so best the, talent in the society yeah, exactly, is Exactly, they there, prioritize yeah. that you yeah. put your best talent in there. Mm. And it says something around what a st- state entity is actually Definitely. supposed to be achieving. Mm, mm. And I do wish that for South Africa. I'm, I'm sure you've had many offers of people trying to steal you away from the public service. Why, why have you stayed? And, and I've taken some of them. Um, and I've I've had that experience. I yeah, think yeah. for a, f- a couple of years I worked in private sector, and what it does, it also gives you a different perspective, a different view mm. on systems, and, and particularly uh, in this in that instance, I was in a multinational company. Mm. It gives you a sense of also as a global entity, some of those structures and hierarchy, mm. um, risk approach to risk. And I think those are good insights to have because you get back into um, a South African entity, you are mm. able to come with that mindset and sometimes understand the party on the other side. Sure, sure. I, mean, I, I think of this um, with my experience at, at Guha where the core of the business was investment attraction. Yes, yes. So if you come in and you interact with an investor who basically is driven by the need to ensure competitiveness, access to a market mm. in the most effective way, when you understand what the psyche is, on, you the, are other able, side. on the other side, yeah, you are yeah, able yeah. to, how do I work with this particular opportunity? So I think, you know, there's always a holistic way yeah, to see yeah. the value of that um, experience. I guess the other element um, to that question is, is for me, having seen both sides, you then go to the Central Energy Fund hmm. at a time where, you know, historically South Africa's you know, I guess political economy framework was built around a minerals energy complex. The fact that we have a strategic fuel fund arises because South Africa was sanctioned. There was an oil embargo. There were all of those things. Uh, we now inherit these institutions in the post-apartheid period, um, seemingly also in Petro SA. I mean, you know, coal to liquid yeah. plants, one of the few in the world alongside the Sasol. Um, 
that environment for you? I mean, I assume that would have been a new place for you. But of course, engineers are engineers, right? Um, and uh, they say, if you know process, uh, you know, you can go into any space. Um, talk to me about how that was. I mean, how the learning curve was in the world of energy. Um, and of course, the institution you're at the helm of now. Yeah. And it is continuously um, mm. a, a learning. And I think one needs sure. to be open to that, right? And as you say, the, the prevalent landscape at the time mm. and what the landscape is today has shifted. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so in a way, you inherit an entity that is needing to perform differently mm. to what it was in the past. In the, yeah. past. in the past, it was an entity that was largely supported from the fiscus in terms of the financing mm. of it. And now you're in an entity that needs to be contributing to the fiscus. Uh, to the fiscus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Th- that's a significant uh, transition. Mm. It's a significant transition from a cultural perspective and also in terms of the o- operating models yes. that have to then shift. Because I mean, I, I assume if, if you're getting paid from the fiscus, you kind of know for the MTF that you're going to be getting X amount of money so your, your OPEX costs can correspond with that. But the moment you're not sure about that, it's a bit of a different thing. Yeah, and, and remember, with CEF, it's a Schedule two entity. Mm. Uh, so it is meant to be a commercially viable, viable yeah. and independent entity. And that applies to all the subsidiaries mm. that fall within it. So a bit of history and uh, the Petro SA story. Well, let's do this yeah. on the Petro SA story. Let me take a break. Yeah? Okay. B- because uh, engineering is now young karma if I don't take uh, the ads. No, now. that's fine. So let me take the ads and then when we come back, we get into uh, the story of Petro SA. I'm in conversation with Sanding Namane, acting group CEO out at Petro SA. She's our thought leader on this Thursday. 17 minutes before 9 p.m. It's our Thought Leader Thursday segment here on the Mighty Metro. And my Thought Leader on this Thursday is uh, Sanding Lamane, Acting Group CEO out at Petro SA. And uh, uh, Sandy, you were still telling us uh, just briefly, I guess, about the background and the history of Petro SA, which is the entity that uh, you now sit at the helm of. Sure. Thanks. So otherwise known as the Petroleum Oil and Gas Corporation of South Africa. Oh, that's the full name, right? That's what it is. That's the name of the statute books. Okay, sure. PTYRTD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not SOC Limited? <laughs> no, rather. SOC Limited. Yeah, That's it. Mm. I'm seeing the future. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, and then it was established in 2002. Yeah, yeah. All right. As, as a result of a merger of two entities, uh, Suko as well as Moscas. I remember Moscas. I don't remember yeah. Suko. So Suko is a company that was involved on the upstream side. So oh, in exploration and production. Okay. Right. Um also, a state, both of these, of course, were state mm, entities. Mm. And as a result, when you look at our participation in the value chain, it would largely be on the back of the history of Yeah, because you guys have Zikwas in Donezando, Elwanje, where you yes. explore. What do they call those things? Yes. So, in there, offshore, uh-huh. we have basically various product, or we have various fields where we have exploration rights and production. How does that work? Like, who measures, like... What you there's an interesting entity, also a subsidiary of CEF, okay, called the Petroleum Agency of South Africa. So they are the regulator, the licensor for uh, the upstream activity in South Africa. Okay. Um. So so it would be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I look. I didn't even what, know about them. Part yeah. of what what it is that Basa does is they also build awareness around the upstream. Yes. Um, the, yes. The oil and gas uh, upstream 
value chain in South Africa. Okay. 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 It's 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 really uh, I think it, it's it's one of those areas that we really need to harness mm. and to see realized because if you look at the oceans economy, the oceans economy presents Indeed. quite a, a quite a, a powerful stream mm. in terms of economic growth in South Africa, um, and I think unfortunately there's a lot of you know competing views and and perspectives about where the state should play and and unlocking yes and unlocking that you know with a view around a strong uh, environmentalist environmentalist view that Mm. says okay do you really need to this do this exploration production but if you look at what it means and unlocks from a country perspective the industries that are created i think it's quite vibrant um and i think it's a space yeah Mm. it's an interesting so at the heart of it that's a space petro sa is playing okay So we are, have a presence upstream, upstream yeah. uh, as in, expo- in exploration and production. Uh, we have um, these particular fields that we are operating in the south coast. So just okay. around Mossel Bay, sure. we have what we call Block 9 there. Adjacent to that, uh, you may have heard that Total is also doing some exciting no, work. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, so that's Block okay. 11, 12. Mm. So that's that's what's happening there. And we also hold a few more of these fields and uh, blocks along the west coast. Wow. I must mention that we also are in, involved in Ghana. Uh, where we're involved in the Jubilee field. So, yes, Pedro SA has an international presence, but we'll come back to that. Okay, all right. Uh, Downstream, let's go to... And then we, c- we move further. Mm. Yeah, well, then we move okay. further. So that's the upstream side. We mm. have infrastructure and FA platform. Sure. That's, up, that's on offshore there. Then in the midstream, we have what, what you referred to earlier on, the gas to liquids. Uh, refining. Yes, yes. Right? So, so what, what you use Fisher Trough as well? So that's okay. based, yeah, utilizing Fisher Trough. Mm. Of course, here what's unique, uh, slightly different to what you see with Sassol is that gas is the feedstock. That Instead of coal, ne? Instead of oh, coal. Oh, okay, sure. So, so when we talk about the gas economy, Petro SA is a critical player in that and we're quite excited about gas going forward. Yabona, we try you invested in Mozambique as well, ne? Um, as as the SEF group, yes, we have a presence. We are shareholders in the wow. Romco pipeline. Um, it's a, so it, it's again, so when we see gas, we see gas both from an infrastructure perspective mm. as well as in terms of the molecule itself and Phew. the trading of that molecule. Mm. So in the Chile, okay. So gas would be driving the refining business. Sure. Right. Then additionally, once you've got gas, what else do you do with the mm, gas? Mm. What's interesting, and it must be talking about a transition. Yes, yes, yes. And, a and an energy mix. And yeah. an energy mix, mm. a transition uh, to incorporate a range of technologies, but also driving lower carbon emissions. Mm. So go to get gas. Gas presents that. Gas is actually considered a transitional fuel. Yes. So yes. as we look into the future uh, energy complex or mm. energy mix, gas remains a key player. Wow. So for Petro SA, we really want to to play in that space mm. and play in that space in diversifying what that gas then sure, is used for. Sure. Yes, refining remains critical, mm. but a space that is becoming more prominent is around gas for power generation. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, because ESCOM, I mean, has the, what those open cycle gas turbines yes, they use. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Sure, sure. And so the availability of gas also allows them to drive those particular as a backup as, as an alternative yeah, fuel. Okay. Um, I want to come back to this discussion around gas and particularly tail gas but yes, let me sure. move on remember it gas will also be then a key input to industrial activities yeah, yeah. for production of yes. various production of glass even. yes yeah, yeah. So, so again so you want to be part of that particular economy where 
you look at where in that value chain do you play, yeah. but it's quite a critical so, so Sandy, you know, Claire, Claire, I mean, I'm quite interested in this one of gas as an input into industrial processes, no? mm. and the pricing of that. Because a few months ago, the issue of Sasol increasing their prices because of what's happening in Ukraine, and the impact that that has on downstream players. Yeah. When you have a developmental mandate, as uh, Petro SA, uh, or as part of the CEF group broadly, are you required to moderate your prices and how do you strike that balance? Because commercially viable option would be to price where the market is and get your windfalls, make your money, pay the dividend to the you know, shareholder, which is government. But on the other hand, it has an impact on downstream producers of what it is you produce, which is gas in this case. How do you balance that? Yeah, and, and, and I think we need to look at it in a very holistic way, mm. right? Because you want to, one, ensure that you are allowing access you know, because ultimately security of supply is also to enable yes. access to energy, yeah. right? But I think we also then remember that as you develop the systems, you must also make sure that it's in a sustainable way. Yes. So a lot of times, most it's the cost is informing your pricing. Yes. And when you cost, you're also driving driven by the fact that you've got partners that are providing you inputs. Yes. You've got logistics partners that are involved in your value chain. Mm. You've got services that need to continue to be rendered. Mm. So I think you've got to consider that because yes. you also don't want to price in such a way that you cannot sustain that and suddenly you're not reliable as a supplier. Also you don't set the, some of the prices yeah. of your inputs as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think the economy still becomes a key factor <sighs> in the yeah. business. I do not uh, want your job. Uh, so um, so you were <laughs> you were asking, and I want to just share a few things. So, yeah, yeah. so we've got the presence midstream, and I think one of the things I must share is that part of what Petrosa has harnessed over the years mm. is an R and D arm. Um, we have partnered with okay. the University of the Western Cape, mm. where we've got a team that's continuing to do research, and it's exciting to see what they are starting to unfold, especially Whoa. when we talk about potential around the hydrogen. Mm. Um, Ecos- ecosystem. This whole green hydrogen ecosystem. story, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we yeah, currently brown in a space where we've got... <laughs> 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 Don't laugh. It's, it's grey. But what, grey, I'm, what okay. I'm saying is, mm. you know, we need to also look at what this hydrogen economy is and if we're going to be looking at it in a transitional yeah. manner, look at what you have. How do you build onto it? Mm. That's just, you mm. know, my outlook is that. Sure. Um, of course, we're also then looking at... Um, by the role of your biofuels, biofuels that, yeah. in the value chain as we go forward. So, so that's an, a space in the mid. Yeah. So, so let's do this. Yeah, yeah, Jay, do a radio. Yeah, I mean, I need, I need to go with England again. So, okay. so let's take the break. When we come back, you will tell us about biofuels, the grey hydrogen, <laughs> and then I also want you to tell us about, um, yeah, Escom and uh, how you helped them out there with the diesel. Sure. Yo, sorry, I, I'm just. I'm. I did your your guys. Yeah, the South Africans. We don't know about all of it's, this. Look, sometimes you don't know until you get there as well. So it's one of the things that's exciting about these entities. What's up? It is indeed, and uh, our thought leader on this Thursday is uh, Sandy Ngamane, Acting Group CEO out at Petro SA. Before we went to the break, uh, Sandy, you were still telling us about, I guess, some of your R&D partnerships and the wealth of intellectual property that rests within Petro SA. Uh, let's continue on that. Yeah, uh, and, and by, by way of an example, I just want to share, mm. uh, you know, in October, we had a couple of uh, conferences, yeah. and one of them being Africa Energy Week and yes. Africa Oil Week. And what that did is it allowed us to also... re-engage with a lot of the partners we'd worked with as Petro SA Mm. from across the continent. And what is a recurring message is that 
Petros A over the years has built a great reputation in terms of the knowledge it holds, mm. particularly in terms of the capability it's built upstream as well as in the midstream space. Of course, there's a great deal of interest as well emerging on the downstream business yes, around yes. collaborating around some of the importation and, and access to markets. Sure, into sure. And of course, uh, part of what we are supporting ESCOM with force in that domain. Yes, but what yes. I wanted to share, which has been quite interesting, is in October, we, we signed a memorandum of cooperation with NAMCO. Namibia. Which is yeah, which is okay. our counter or uh, counterpart mm. in Namibia, mm. uh, and on the back of the exciting developments that we are seeing in Namibia, yes. they too are wanting to really accelerate their learnings and how they position themselves mm. for the opportunities that are unfolding, uh, off on the back of the of the fines that are coming about wow. offshore, and Petros A for them was a key partner. And for us, we are key to keen also to partner with Namco mm. in this particular journey where we're seeing the exchange of knowledge as being a critical part to it. Wow. And it's also, if you think of security of supply in the regional context, it yes, strengthens definitely, what definitely. that looks like. Because think about it, you've got Angola there, you've got Namibia, you've uh-huh. got us. You go around to Mozambique where some of the gas and potentially some oil discoveries have happened as well. And it certainly does create like a, a regional energy mix. A hundred percent. I mean, and it, it also talks to, as Africa, what does this energy transition look like? Wow. How do we position ourselves? I mean, you know, the, the whole Just n- transition story, is, of yeah, course, yeah. you've got your natural resources. Mm. At this particular point in time, you really want to maximize value through us. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. Do we, how do we collaborate? How do we source funding? How do we have the capability? How do we bring in the right partners mm. to advance those? So just as we wrap up, Sani, I mean, talking about collaboration, bringing the right partners. We also did hear uh, your sister institution coming to you, um, needing some assistance with diesel. And uh, when that happened, you know, we, we'd had a chat earlier on this year with um, ESCOM. Yeah. I asked ESCOM a very interesting question at the start of the year. And I said, with what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, are you hedging? for all of your diesel purchases. And I was, we were given an undertaking that indeed they are doing that, blah, 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 blah. Now, the one reason for that is that any price volatility in an instance where all of your coal stations are misfiring will mean you are reliant on these turbines, these open cycle gas turbines, or even your diesel-driven backup you know, supplies. Um, how, how does that happen w- with yourselves? I mean, was it an instance of just saying, you know, because all of these entities are within government, let's see if we don't have some you know, massive amounts of diesel there that we can get on favorable prices and start to do that. And the question I ask is why, if indeed we do have that, why did we not go to that in the first place? Yeah. Why, why was that diesel not the one used by ESCOM anyway? Yeah. All right. So I think it's important to indicate that from the downstream business that we operate, um, ESCOM is among our key customers. Oh, I see. Already. Been, okay, sure, been. sure. So in terms of us supplying ESCOM, it's something we've been doing for quite okay. a while. And remember, ESCOM has two open cycle gas turbines. Yes. Horikwa, which is in Mosobe. So if you look at the, the location, literally we are neighbors. Mm. And you can understand in terms of what the thinking was is with the production of diesel, from the refinery yes. that can then for sure, feed for sure. to this particular yeah, yeah. Plant. So it was planned. Mm. So uh, if you you would literally, you need to come and see this. Please, man. In fact, hear that. Yeah, mm. You need to come and see this. So it's configured that way. Additionally, I think I must mention that when you look at that Mosul Bay complex, you mm. also have the port interface. Yes. Which is at this point in time where you bring in the port, 
product. Remember when we sure. were also exporting was to that port. So it's it's oh, almost a yeah. configuration where key infrastructure has been built for that purpose. Has been to support mm. this particular value chain. Mm. So yes, we have ESCOM as part of the customers that we're suppo- servicing. So there is a commercial agreement that exists okay. between. So tonight, Jamba, we're making a big deal that you guys came ESCOM. in and saved the day. Anyway. So remember, and you're right. Mm. It, it's also important to remember that our mandate as derived from our shareholder mm. is to also ensure that we are delivering to security of supply for the country. And that means security of supply even of yes. the energy so coming from ESCOM. our part yeah. is the provision of the hydrocarbons. Right? Ah. So that's part of the role we sure, have. Sure. Because remember, I did say we are a commercial entity. So in doing that, we need to be commercially viable. And hence, I'm saying there's a commercial agreement between ourselves and ESCOM. Okay. We are supplying them in the Mosul Bay area mm. as well as in Cape Town. Okay. All right? okay. So the supply of diesel is critical in that particular context to ensure we are driving those particular turbines. Over and above mm. that, we also have customers that are in different yeah, sectors, sectors okay. including transportation, commercial customers. Even agriculture, I would think, yeah. Across the sector. So that's, that's in a way to try and give you a view around mm. that particular sector. But you're right as well, that we need to collaborate and yes. ensure that a collaborative relationship is sure. maintained between ourselves. We've got a strong focus around partnerships, as mm. Pedro say, and among those, we look at it across the tiers. Okay. Partnerships uh, within the state organs yes. is quite critical, and I think the example of ESCOM yeah. is one. We also have uh, recently worked quite closely with the Department of Defense, sure. supplying them product, including okay. jet fuels. We're looking to do that more with the other entities. Awesome. Sandy? We're going to have to leave it here for tonight. And I hope the jet fuel is in here of the other entities. Now, Parman, because I'm airport. But Jonga is on Myanmar. And we'll please, have a lot please. more conversation we'll okay. so that you also get to see the lay of the land. All right. All we'll right. have to leave it here for tonight. Mantu is already uh, making her way in. So we'll have to leave it here for tonight. And uh, Sandy, thank you very much for your time. Thank Our you thought leader on me. this Thursday. Uh, you are still the acting group CEO at Petro SA, but uh, I think Mabagnik. So, uh, uh, yeah, 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 we'll focus on <laughs> thank that. You, so much. you can't be in Hollywood too much, you know, <laughs> acting. No, 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 no. I think Mawinik. Ma, ma, wow. uh, because. Uh, what do you say to that? I think it's fabulous. Oh. I mean, no, I think I they think must give her the I job. Think the job is yours. <laughs> I mean, I, guys. And we are now friends. Thank you. <laughs> So, so she used to work here, you know, when they were busy pressing the buttons. She's like, yeah, okay, let's see, let's oh. see. Yeah, she was in the engineering technical side of things and now she sells hydrocarbons to all of the people who mean our lights are off or on. You That's know? badass. I could change my career as well. I mean. I like that. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> hi, guys. Yo, yo, yo. But I will never go to this one, Le Petro Essay. Yo, yo, yo. Manzwe. Yo. What do you have for us? You know, it's a Friday for, for Manzwe and I. Yes. Yeah? We don't work on Fridays, oh. so it's Monday through to Thursday. Yeah. Our weekend starts, well, my weekend starts now in the yeah. next minute. Yours has literally uh, started. But Mansi's weekend starts in the next uh, two hours and 58 mm. minutes. Yeah. So today is World AIDS Day. You indeed, know. indeed. So I'm going to be speaking to the CEO of the South African National AIDS Council. Um, that's Dr. Tembi Kulu. Mm. Um, yeah, commemorating World AIDS Day, really. Awesome. Um, and then at half past nine on Thursdays, we do Hall of Fame. You won't even believe who's joining me tonight. She's so amazing. Her music is so warm. Feels like a hug. Goodbye. Goodbye. Feels like honey. Who is that? Zoe Mudicha. Is she going to perform? She's performing live. Abantu. Know her. Abantu is one of my favorite songs, but she's going to be performing some of Oh, Isekazini, please. Isekazini is definitely being performed. 
So I'm I'm really excited. Tinengaki mnapa sandi ne? Ingati weekend yakakazotaka. Yo 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 yo. I don't think so. Tinengaki because I have to go home, but I always feel like should I stay? Yeah. Should I stay? Should I Listen, uh, uh, if you, you know the last Billy, time I missed, I, I nearly missed the whole performance of Leo Miller. I ex- caught the last part. Exactly. So if you feel like maybe you don't want to drive and listen, chill. You're not going anyway. Ayabonga, we know you laugh. Um, just chill here and Ooh. listen to her live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're rushing home to chill. On that note. Bye bye, guys. Yo, 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 man. So go see him, huh? Guys, it's been great. I will see you in Vagwen Bella Vegan, Vagwen Naviek. Yeah, you know, uh, to all of you who've tuned in tonight. Cheapers, man, we know. Yeah. Yeah. Big thank you, Joe's not Chola, for the great product. And uh, yeah, till we meet again, take strength, my Africa. Nangoku siya ibanga le ekonomi.